turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. 20 years ago, Apple introduced Mac OS. It was an act of desperation at the time. A lot of people tend to take for granted what Apple is today. They were very close to bankruptcy. I made a fortune on Apple. I wrote an article when they were looking at OS, what they were going to do with their operating system. They looked at hiring a guy named Jean-Louis Gasset, who I can't make that up. Go look it up. J-E-A-N, Jean, French Jean-Louis, like the king. And then GAS A, G A S S E. And he had an operating system called B, which was really clever and catchy. You could say things like, is Apple, um, do I have a future? Maybe. Uh, what, you know, is the world of computers getting bigger? Probably B kind of thing. Um, it was cute. So I wrote an article on Can Apple Be Saved? It was at $4 a share, 4 to $6 a share then, 20 years ago. Um, and about a year later, they didn't buy Jean-Louis Gasset's B operating system, BE operating system. They went a total different way, and they brought back a guy named Steve Jobs who had an operating system with Next. And it really turned everything upside down. I don't like Macs. I don't like the operating system. I have them, but I don't like it. I think Windows is better. I, I Maybe I'm just used Windows more. Maybe I grew up on Windows. Maybe I know where the files are. I don't know. But it was kind of a moment in history that turned the company around an operating system. Then you get the Super Bowl commercials and things along those lines and the color Macs. And then they get into iPods because... Rob had a big old clunky music player, which was basically a hard drive with headsets, right? And it was a clunky hard drive back when these things weighed like four pounds. And running with it was like running with a, a, a dumbbell. And then you were worried because you're running with something that had parts in it. And you're like, this isn't good. So Apple really slowly started figuring stuff out. Apple car driving is going to happen and I've started working on the ramifications for what it means for automakers. And I've started working out some other ideas. Um, I don't know if you saw this today. Microsoft got a big U.S. Army contract for their HoloLens. Billions and billions of dollars. Um, so augmented reality is coming. The glasses are coming. When... Apple, when, when I'm sorry, when Microsoft gets that big of a contract, they're going to do a lot of R&D. And the money that's going to their R&D to help military troops on the ground, um, it's going to equal 
a lot of innovation and a slimming down, Microsoft snagged a potential $21 billion U.S. Army contract. And if you go Google Microsoft Army contract, you're going to be like, that kind of looks cool. And essentially, the computer is going to be largely on your forehead with glasses that are not goggles, but visors, like uh, like a ski visor maybe, but more stylish than a ski visor. But the computer is going to be on your head, especially your forehead. Um, so it's starting to make a little bit of sense. Then Apple and the car, they're moving towards that direction. That's not going to stop. One analyst says it makes Apple a $3 trillion company. They think the car is going to be outsourced to achieve lower than corporate average margins, which will create value with a return on investment capital. If Apple outsources productions, they expect 10 to 15% plus sales impact, 5 to 11% EBITDA beyond the year 2024. People are looking at 2024 as the earliest the car will be made, 2025, or maybe as late as 2028. But it's coming. And that's how Wall Street works. It, it, it looks to the future. A car that costs $100,000 is kind of nutso. Tesla's cost $100,000, one-tenth of a million dollars. But the ecosystem that Apple can bring to cars can really mess up the automakers right now. And I just, I find it interesting to see how it's going to play out. Um, it doesn't sound important right now, um, but it will be. And as we get closer to it, uh, you're going to start seeing the integration of the iPhone poses the biggest threat to high-end auto manufacturers. The ability, Apple's biggest, most valuable asset right now, it's their ecosystem keeps getting bigger and bigger. I said the other day, trust is their number one thing that they sell. I trust their ecosystem. I bought a movie on Amazon. I bought some albums on Amazon Music because, like I said, I used to sing to my kids in the bathtub. I was just bored. I don't like the ABC song. I don't like entertaining kids, like treating them like infants. I like treating them like... So we'd listen to music together. <laughs> I know you're saying you're a bad dad. Yeah, maybe I am. Um, where am I going? Oh, it's the ecosystem. Everything I've ever bought on Apple, it's still there. And it's still findable and usable. It's interesting. Um, every now and then I get into iTunes and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I had some bad taste in music back then. <laughs> but it's still there. So the companies that have the ability to lose the biggest are companies like BMW. Where if you talk to the CEO of BMW right now, he sleeps very peacefully at night. My neighbor across the street has a BMW and it's his baby. He waxes it, he washes it, he probably waxes the dang thing easily twice a week, it feels like. And like, it's a car, dude. It's supposed to get you from point A to point B. Um, but in terms of what to expect, people don't really expect a car till 2024, 2025, maybe 2028. Apple has a very high bar for introducing products. They tend not to flop. Um, Gary Delabate on the Howard Stern show, he's the producer of the Howard Stern show. He um, famously said, oh, I think the iPad's a bit of a mess. 
and maybe it was in hindsight, they still sell billions of dollars of iPads, but did it replace the phone? Not really. Did it replace the computer? Not really. Um, to me, the iPad is something kids grow up on. Whereas I have a big screen TV. My kids have a, an iPad. Um, Apple's had some messes for sure. They've had discussions with Hyundai on who's going to be doing their their building of the cars, the manufacturing capabilities. But they've got an ecosystem which could be a stumbling block for other major partnerships um, because it's going to feed into you're going to want to own the original. Um, Apple's got product coming down the road, augmented reality. And I think the Microsoft story with the U.S. Army really seals that it's going to happen. And then they get a car coming down the road. If you look at the patents they've put in place, I think their biggest stumbling block is going to be convincing other car manufacturers to use their operating system in the cars. Oh, by the way, they're working on an operating system for augmented reality. I forgot to mention that in this segment. My bad. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. When the Apple Watch first came out, a lot of people were like, I'm not buying that. You have to have an iPhone to really get the value out of it. <laughs> no duh. Apple's not stupid. Now, Apple's doing their developers conference this year virtually again in June. And that's typically at times where they start showing us some new OS features and how things work together and how that ecosystem is, is tight. There is a lot of rumors right now flying hardcore that this year Apple Glass is going to make a debut. It's tough to see that happening because they would want a big style event getting people excited. And June's coming up too fast to get people in rooms together, to get people flying together, to get reporters on stage trying it out. But that's out there. Just throwing that down. Tell you what the rumors are. They're flying hardcore. Um... Let's see, what else can I tell you about that? So one of the big analysts, Ming-Chi Ku, very reliable, has stated that 2022 is the probable release date. Um, Apple's headset will blend augmented reality with virtual reality. It will supposedly be entirely wireless, feature dual 8K displays, and eye tracking and be powered by an Apple-designed custom chip on par or better than the M1 that's currently running the MacBook Pro. That's all I got for you. I know you're saying that's all you got. That's all I got. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. How much do you need to save per month to retire early with passive income? That was one of the headlines on CNBC that going to commercial break, they're going to talk about it. And later that day, I dug up the story because I wanted to see you know, what they had. 
first and foremost, retiring at 45 is a wonderful idea. I, I believe that we have one trip on this planet and then when it's over, if there's something spiritual, fingers crossed. But I, I believe we have one trip and the idea of retiring at 45, how sexy is that? But keep in mind that a lot of things like the 4% rule, they're now starting to say is the 5% rule where you could really only live off four, three to four to 5% of your portfolio if you don't want to run out of money before you die. The story didn't really work for me. Because um, there's so many flaws and assumptions. One of the things I'm going to start offering soon are some online calculators. Um, I'm working with EP Wealth on some really good tools for the listeners. And when you start playing with the online calculators, you make assumptions. And when you make assumptions, I'm like, eh, if I have a million dollars, a million dollars, in theory, you can put it in bonds and get somewhere between 2 to 4% returns. So that's going to pay you $20,000 to $40,000 a year till the day you die. That, that it, it's much, much more complicated than that. But every million is going to get you somewhere around twenty dollars to $40,000 a year in income. Passively. That's beautiful. Can you live off that, though? I can tell you that I can't. And I can tell you that costs have gone up crazy higher. Do you remember when we were, you know, $60 for, you know, super fast internet? And now we're like $100 for super fast internet. It's inflation. Inflation is the boogeyman. Inflation is the monster. 4% rule is the general principle that says you can comfortably withdraw 4% of your portfolio every year. I'm not comfortable with that. Now when I see what happens to inflation and accidents. So when I was 18 years old, I had a very naive idea. I need $1 million. And at age 35, I'm going to go sell apples and oranges on beaches to people. Hey, you want to buy an orange? Um, and I'm going to come back to my little hut, make love to my woman, who's probably my wife. And I was going to live a beach lifestyle. That was my dream at 18. I know you're saying, whoa, you want to sell oranges on the beach, make love in the sunshine? Kinda. Retiring at 35 or 45 is a great concept. It's tough to pull off. Because one thing, like a lot of people are learning, when you move to Texas or Arizona, their healthcare system is much more expensive than uh, most states. It's kind of that Republican thing of, well, you don't get income taxes, so we don't really have the infrastructure for Medicare, Medicaid, um, which some people would call bloated spending. Some people would say, hey, that's a social service that should be given out. So you got to make a lot of decisions on how you're going to retire, what it's going to look like, and how comfortable you are with all of this. Today is National Burrito Day. And if you go to Taco Bell or Chipotle, you can get deals on burritos. <laughs> Come on! Chipotle is the fascinating. They've got a queso program last year, promotion. And I was like, you got free queso? And I'm like, what is queso? I'm not native Californian. I'm more of a European. 
turned East Coaster, turned West Coaster. I don't even know what queso technically is. Is it cheesy, spicy sauce or whatever? So last year, that's what Chipotle did to get people in. This year, they're giving away $100,000 in free burritos and $100,000 in Bitcoin. I think it's genius. What Taco Bell and Chipotle do to get me to talk about them, like you probably watched a baseball World Series, right? If someone steals a base in the World Series, you get free tacos the next day. Or I could be paraphrasing that stupidly. But see, they used to market with that stupid little dog, the Chihuahua. Now they're marketing with Bitcoin. I love it. I think that's genius. On top of it, they used to market with a cute talking dog. Now they're marketing with apps. You download the app, you get buy 10 burritos, get one burrito free. People are like, ooh, sweet, free burrito. Not realizing how much information you're giving to this company to figure you out. Each player gets 10 tries to guess a correct six-digit password for a chance to win a free burrito or up to $25,000 in Bitcoin. So you got to go to a website, and this I, this segment can't get any stupider. It's burritosorbitcoin.com. I will do it when I get off the radio today, and if I'm not on, that means I want $25,000 in Bitcoin, and I'm never coming back to work. Oh, it's just $25,000? Okay, now. Uh, I guess I'll be back tomorrow. Um, but I do like that story. <laughs> it's just, it's, if you don't see a marketing changes, you're, you're kind of missing the point. How advertising has become so savvy. Um, hats off to ad agencies. Mad Men was all the rage. Uh, and then Breaking Bad was about to get canceled and boom. Got Saul Goodman. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Uh, find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Coming up, I'm going to talk market numbers. S&P 500, 4,000 today. Congratulations to the S&P 500. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I do want to give a quick shout out to Provident Credit Union. They're a sponsor of the show. Um, I love credit unions. Um, I have one still from when I was born. My dad did a couple things really well. He got me into a credit union and he got me into USAA because he was in the military. I got Pentagon Federal Credit Union and I also got USAA. And my kids will get those. And it's cheaper car insurance than you're paying. And I'm good with that because they also have pretty good customer service. It's not good insurance if it doesn't adequately make you whole when there's an accident, right? I'm pro credit union, just between you and me. Um, I'm also pro big bank, like uh, TD Ameritrade and other companies out there. The ones that I don't like are the not a big regional bank guy for my own banking. But again, not a joke. National Burrito Day. Um, just throwing that down so you can go out and get some free grub. It's weird how free grub motivates people. Krispy Kreme has a vaccine giveaway, free donut and coffee on offer on Mondays. Listen to this. You can get free coffee and donut every Monday through like May 24th or somewhere around there. 
because as you're going back to work, Microsoft said, come on back, guys. Google said, come on back. Or, come on back if you want in April. Come on back by September. But the idea there is this is a chance for Krispy Kreme to one-up Starbucks. People get used to Krispy Kreme donut and coffee to kind of get them the sugar rush and caffeine rush needed to start off a Monday. Genius in my book. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. The S&P 500 hit 4,000 a day. It's a day when you turn on CNBC or Bloomberg television that you're going to probably see something like S&P 4,000. There'll be like fireworks and you know after, the sh- after everything closes down when they typically get a reruns of Shark Tank. They may do an extended hol- uh, celebratory version. I hate that aspect of it. I am glad to see that after all these years, it still continues to work. And I've put my faith in retirement largely in investments. And the S&P 500 to me is, is still earning its, its, its keep, so to speak which t- to me, the S&P 500 is really a reflection on capitalism. And our country's taking a big, big move towards longer unemployment benefits, which is considered socialism, paying for kids' colleges debt, which is considered socialism. We're making more moves that way right now than we are towards, you know, you invent something, psh, you're going to make a lot of money. Um, keep in mind, companies like Merck and Pfizer, they spend millions and millions of dollars coming up with vaccines to save our lives. And then they only get to use that technology for seven years and it comes off patent. That's not completely true. Like Viagra, they reformulated it and maybe they threw in like, uh, you know, Viagra, the erectile dysfunction drug. After the patent came up, in theory, you can go get a generic little blue pill. But the generics aren't little blue ones right? So you were like, I want the blue one. So you stay with the Merck or the Pfizer, whoever comes up with the drug that you want. Even when it goes off patent, they do a really, really nice job trying to keep you in that ecosystem with silly little metrics. I love generic drugs. I'm pro-generic drugs. I, I can't tell the difference between generic aspirin and regular aspirin. Markets are trading higher today. We have a quarter-end rebalancing thing going on as now is April. So for the next three months, we're in the second quarter. First quarter of the year is over. Over? Nothing is over until I say it is. Was it over when the Germans bought Pearl Harbor? Semiconductor stocks are a bit of a focus today. Micron beat earnings expectations and issued upbeat guidance. Micron makes DRAM. Do you know the difference in the computer that you have right now and maybe the one at work that you haven't used in over a year? You know the difference in DRAM? Most people don't. I'm amazed Micron has stayed a premium product. What they did was they bought all their competitors. Not all of them, but many of them. So Micron, if they're selling a lot of DRAM, that means we're selling a lot of they're selling a lot of gadgets. If they're selling a lot of gadgets, the whole semiconductor space kind of benefits. And the whole semiconductor space benefits in the gadget makers like Apple and Microsoft and Google potentially should benefit. That's kind of how a whole sector plays out. 
Initial jobless claims of the week ending March 27th increased 61,000 to 719,000. That's a little bit of bad news. I'll be honest with you. I'm not stoked about that. We want it to crack under 700,000 and go to that 600,000 platform and try to work down to first-time unemployment claims coming in around 350,000 in a healthy economy. We're still basically double where we want to be. But dun 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 Joe Biden the rescue. 1.9 trillion here, 2 trillion there. A lot of money coming into the economy. And we're focusing on a lot of money coming into the economy. That's why the SP 500 is at all time highs. The downside is we're going to have to pay for that, which again is kind of that move between capitalism and socialism. Um, I kind of believe in pendulums when it comes to economic theory. And the pendulum is shifting a little bit more towards socialism. And I'm okay with that. Um, down the road, do I want it to swing back towards capitalism? Absolutely. But I get that pandemics created incredibly stressful scenarios for many Americans. And I'm not one of them. I did well because I had money in the S&P 500. If that makes any sense, I'll try to tie up the segment. Um, tomorrow, things are closed. Good Friday. Uh, wouldn't it be great when we <clears throat> look at New Orleans and we're like, look at them. They're partying 40 days before Easter and they're they're going crazy. And there's, oh, they're showing nude women on the news. Woo! Sexy one! Well, they, they never stopped doing that. <laughs> New Orleans did act like they didn't shut down. Good for New Orleans, right? Uh, bully, bully. SP 500 tops 4,000 level. Mega cap leadership is front and center. I've talked a little bit today on why mega cap is still important. Microsoft got a 20 plus billion dollar contract for the next 10 years. Um, that's legit. And the technology that goes in making augmented reality headsets for the US military is gonna be the same technology that goes into getting you to play video games or getting you to use a desktop environment without being virtual. Facebook loves this idea. Right now, Facebook should be front and center they bought a company called Oculus, which is a good friend of mine does a lot of software coding for Oculus. And whoever wins the headset war, will it be room for two? Probably. Maybe even room for three. You know, Google's got an operating system, Chrome. My Apple's got an operating system, whatever it's called right now. Probably named after some river. And Microsoft has Windows 10, which is getting another big update soon. So we're going to start talking about operating systems for virtual reality soon. And Microsoft's staying in the game. Good for them. Um, Apple's building a car. Apple's building a Apple Glass. Uh, I bring this largely up because we, mega cap's working today because we have mega cap stories on augmented reality, self-driving cars, and new operating systems for new platforms. I don't know if you're picking that up. You know Vanguard's got an ETF, which... This kills me. There's an ETF for everything. When you live in New York City, you come up with a great idea. I was telling my producer today, I said, when I was a single man, going to a baseball game, a San Francisco uh, Giants baseball game, day game, ballpark, skip off from work, have a couple beers in the stands, do it as a date, and it was like, it was heaven. I'm stoked right now that baseball is opening back up, but eh, you see where I'm going with this. Um, augmented reality, mega cap, huh? 
I've run out of time. I've run out of space. Reopening economies. Yeah, a little bit of that going on with baseball opening day. I'm not a big baseball fan, all things considered, but I like day games versus night games. I come that was a true day game baseball because I lived in D.C. and New York, and it's a little bit more of a process. San Francisco, very convenient getting around. Weekly jobless claims higher than expected despite signs of labor market improvement. Um, there's not a really enough there for me to beat that one up any further. Um, NFL streaming on platforms is probably the biggest blow to Netflix that I see at this point in time. Uh, but there's not enough there to really talk about. Roblox lost an accounting fight with the SEC. I find this one interesting. Um, I'm fascinated by Roblox. It's basically a platform. You know, we're talking about platforms this segment. Apple's got a platform, Microsoft's virtual reality platform. Facebook should have had a better platform because they have Oculus and they don't really, it's not sticky yet, is it? But they're selling a lot of the headsets, but not enough to really say Microsoft or Apple's gonna lose this one. But Roblox lost an accounting fight with the SEC and I think of them as a platform for toddlers and video games. Think of it as kind of a digital Lego world that they've put together. Uh, Roblox makes money by selling digital currency and the SEC is like, Meh. we question how your accounting looks. It looks a little too shady for us. Could be an opportunity if that story gets hair on it. I look at opportunity, not as I don't manage risks to the downside. I manage opportunity on upside. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Um, thanks for listening. I do truly, truly mean that. Um, I get paid well to sit at home and think all day about investments. I'm going to tell you something that's kind of shocking. I became very optimistic in the last 24 hours about the future of investments. I'm as optimistic today as I was 20 years ago when the dot-com world was blowing up or 40 years ago when the computer world was taking off. There's a couple things that I'm seeing in augmented reality electric vehicles that get me excited. Right now, just 2% of cars on the road are electric vehicles. And trying to get Americans to change their mind is very, very difficult. Uh, we are very stuck in our ways, both politically and lifestyle. Um, and I, I stand by that statement. What got me so optimistic? I was reading a New York Times article. I love reading. It's probably the one thing that I nerd out on. I go through two major books a week. Um, Bill Gates to me is kind of a sexy figure, a father figure. I know you're saying sexy father figure. What's wrong with you? He talks about reading books on vacation. Like most of us are like, I'm going to Hawaii and I'm going to surf. I'm like, I'm going to go to Hawaii and read on the beach. That's right up my alley. So I was reading an article in the New York Times, which I still think is one of the best newspapers in the world. Um, and it's worth buying. The Sunday New York Times is, it's totally worth buying. I, I buy Barron's, I buy the New York Times. 
by the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal's kind of lost a little bit in the last 20, 30 years, but not a lot. I still like it. And then I don't read any other newspapers. I read the Financial Times. Um, think of the Financial Times as a European angle on money. Um, I read The Economist. But I'm reading the article, and it's all about Biden's push for electric cars, which is fascinating because he's a muscle car guy. And what I mean by that is he his prized possession is a 1967 Corvette that he got from his father. But he's trying to uh, use part of this infrastructure plan to really get Americans aimed into electric vehicles, which I'm for. Um, to me, I grew up in a world where there's a finite amount of oil on the planet, just because the planet is made up of a finite amount of space and rocks and stuff like that. Now, I don't, I'm not big into that peak oil theory. I'm not big into the conspiracy about, like, we should get off oil because we're funding terrorists, Saudi Arabia. Like, I'm not that guy. I like the idea of sunshine running power. That's fine with me. That makes sense. It'll make more and more sense to other people. I never thought we were going to get to a, a point where electric vehicles are cool. And Elon Musk single-handedly has turned, you know, Tesla into, oh, it can go as fast as a muscle car. Now, I, I think part of the muscle car thing is the rah, 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 of the engine kind of thing, right? And that's one of the douchier things that I don't like about electric vehicles is that you can't hear them. Um, but part of the $2 trillion infrastructure plan, he's carved out $174 billion to encourage Americans to switch to cars that, and trucks that run on electricity, not gasoline or diesel. And I'm fine with that. And again, I go 2%. There is a hoop ton of money to be made. And that's why I'm getting more and more optimistic. And I'm like, electric vehicles are kind of cool. I remember the first time I ever used like a radio that had solar power charging. In case you ever get stuck in the woods for weeks on end, this solar powered radio will save your life. The government will be in touch with you. And I was like, that's cool. That was Buck Rogers to me. So, Part of this is, I'm not saying it's World War II. We're spending more money than we spent during World War II. The pandemic has cost us more money. Had we funded our health institutions better, the CDC, we, didn't, we wouldn't have to be spending trillions. But we got lazy, like, ah, pandemic, spamdemic. And it's one of the reasons that I love Bill Gates. If you go Google him four years ago, he gave a TED Talk where he's like, at some point in time, the pandemic's going to hit America and it's going to ruin us. Financial ruin. And he was smack on. He's probably the smartest man to me on the planet, only because he's a thinker. So he's a hero to me. And again, back in the 1990s, he was a monster. Microsoft did nothing original. They copied other people. They got lucky with a government contract. Not a government contract, but a big contract with IBM. IBM didn't really want to do operating systems. IBM really didn't want to make semiconductors. So Intel's like, we'll make the semiconductor for you. And Microsoft says, we'll make the operating system for you. And IBM was the only company really making computers. IBM could have had it all. They could have been champions. They could have been the winners. Now, I look at the electric vehicle market, and I've got a local shopping market grocery store called Lenardi's near me. And they've just started putting in electric vehicle chargers. I'm like, that's good news. So I don't have to go to the supercharging station over by Best Buy. Tesla's secret to success right now is they got charging stations all across the country. You could literally drive across the country 
and it'll point out in this operating system in the car where you can get charged, you know, 80% in an hour. Now, again, I think there's a business model there for you and I to exploit of let's put some bars or some putt putt or maybe a movie theater. So when you go in for a you know, car trip, you're stopping in to watch an hour movie or two hours of a movie. Like, I don't know, something like that, right? But that's one of the big problems that we're going to have to get over is we don't just want Tesla superchargers. We want the nation to have superchargers. Right now, there's over 100,000 gas stations in the United States with multiple pumps. And at any point in time, I can drive by a gas station and see six out of eight pumps are busy. And there's a gas station right across, six out of eight pumps are busy. There's a gas station a quarter block away, six out of eight pumps are busy. That's a lot of business and commerce. 100,000 gas stations, Biden's plan is for a national network of 500,000 electric vehicle chargers within a decade. Um, and I think that's great. And I, I'm more optimistic today than I was yesterday. Um, I, I'm trying not to be as crabby and as cranky. I'm going to try to be 13% less grumpy um, and try to continue to remember Bill Gates is where it's at, reading's where it's at, and the New York Times is awesome. And a stupid article in the New York Times changed my whole mood because a robust charging network. I think we're going to have 10 years of growth. And as an investor, 10 years is 25% of your investment life. We got a lot going on. If you don't see it, you're missing it. And if you don't see the S&P 500 at an all-time high, you're missing it. Tune in tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Find me at roblockshow.com.